Hey everybody, welcome back to Movies on Our Minds, guys, a podcast in Atlanta where we get to talk about movies. Guys, I'm actually very excited. This is a throwback kind of episode, but before we get into it, I'm going to start with introducing my people. To my right, I have a newcomer, uh, Black. We went to high school together, so I'm actually excited to have him on this episode. I think this is like the first time I've actually been on. Uh, yeah, this is the first time you uh, worked with, uh, well, not worked, but the first time you're on this episode. Yeah. But I've known you for a minute, and exactly. I know how you feel about this movie we're talking about, so this is going to be uh, <laughs> very, very strongly. Very interesting. Um, across from me, I have Chris Kelly returning again. Hi, everybody. And I know how much Chris loves this movie. So. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Ed Wood in general, and I love the biopic of it. Mm-hmm. And then to my left, I have Rock Nine returning. Yo, yo, yo. Yep. So, as Chris Kelly said, this movie that we're talking about is Ed Wood, the biopic starring uh, Johnny Depp and directed by Tim Byrne. And, guys, I think this is probably one of Johnny Depp's best performances, if not top three for sure, to be honest. I, I strongly agree with you. Uh, yeah, before we started, um, uh, Rock Nine? Yeah. Right, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's only our sixth podcast. I was like, okay, wait guys. a minute. Why don't, I don't call you that. That's why. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think this is probably Johnny Depp's best performance. Um, it's easily in the top top three. I mm-hmm. would agree with that. I mean, What's Eating Gilbert Grape is probably my personal favorite. Maybe Sweeney Todd, I would say, is probably his best. But this is definitely very much up there. Uh, you agree with that too, uh, Rock Nine? Yeah. Okay. I do. <laughs> Uh, let me look. Let me look at uh, Black over here because I know he doesn't uh, probably agree with this. I would say uh, he showed a very wide range of uh, of acting and mm-hmm. doing a lot of different things. But you know, I'm not gonna lie, uh, pirates. He did his thing as pirates, so no. that's that's definitely like my favorite. Is it necessarily his best acting? Uh, at least the first one. Uh, yeah, the first one was like really amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it necessarily his best performance? I, uh, in my talking? opinion, with, with, with Johnny Depp, after he did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, everything he did was a parody of that. Mm-hmm. So it was always, he was Hunter Thompson. So it's like Hunter Thompson with a pirate hat. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> and it's or uh, sweet, Tonto. Tonto. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> that, that movie. That, I did, I did, a, I did a little bit of a podcast on that. The move, the money that they spent on that movie was in, insane. But anyways, that's a whole that's a whole other discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say Sweeney Todd, in my opinion, because of the dynamics of everything, and he doesn't he's not doing a parody of anything. He's actually doing real acting. But Ed Wood, I mean, he's portraying an actual character, which we did have people who were still alive that knew Ed Wood, um, specifically Ed Wood's um, a widow at the time, Kathy. And when she came to set, she saw him, and it's supposed to be a scene. It was the scene I think. Um, Whenever he gets hit with a frying pan, I believe, mm-hmm. and he looked like shit when he did that scene. And whenever he came out of the trailer, um, Tim Burton was a little upset because he was like, "Oh crap, you're going to see your what's supposed to be your husband, and he looks like shit." And she saw Johnny Depp come out of the trailer, and she goes, "That's my Eddie." <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she uh, enjoyed what Johnny Depp looked like, or uh, she was at least satisfied. Yeah, I mean, I guess because it would be kind of hard to, you know, Ed Wood himself as a person. It's just like. How do you really, you know, his wife knew what kind of a guy he was. He was a crossdresser. He was a massive alcoholic. I mean, you, it's hard to portray that as being in a positive light. I mean, the alcoholism yeah. part, not the crossdressing part. But and you know, I actually so. appreciate that uh, with this film, like they actually uh, decided to focus more on the lighter side of Ed Wood instead of the alcoholism or anything like that. That actually, to me, um, th- that makes me like the character more. You know, that makes me more attached to the character to see his journey. And, you know, they knew exactly where to stop and where to end in the film to where after that they put in the credits um, after these years. Yeah, it didn't really work out so much for Edward, but today we're still talking about him. So that has to count for something, right? Yeah, I, I almost wow. didn't. I almost see this movie sort of like Rocket Man, where it's like it's not the musical part, but I mean, like, um, it's his idea of what his uh, it's Ed Wood's idea of what his world looked like. Whereas same thing with Rocket Man, it was what Elton John believed his world to look like, the fantasy of it, not so much how the actual of the actuality of the world. I think uh, like I did not know he was an alcoholic like that. You're right. So it's oh, huge. Yeah. <laughs> so like finding that out right now, I'm like, oh yeah, I can understand that. But like, what it's kind of weird is I wish it was like more perspective of him fully like in a sense like i'm watching this movie and it's like he's really optimistic all the time and i'm like 
He was like that in real life. Really? He, from what I've read, I'm not. I've never read uh, Ecstasy, um, Nightmare of Ecstasy um, uh, by Rudolph Gray, which is what this movie's based on. But from what I've read of Ed Wood, he was always kind of like happy, and he was always like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" He was always very much like that. But he was a huge alcoholic at the same time, which is the reason why um, Dolores left him. Yeah. Um, but he was always happy and optimistic and he had thought that he could create the next Hollywood movie by buying stock footage of things, which is where his, all of his movies came from, which was just stock footage mixed with a little bit of new footage and then bam, monster movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, throughout the movie, I, I would have liked to kind of see him drink a little more alcohol slapping related to it. Cause I, I is really it didn't necessary. Yeah. Is, is it necessary to see him do that? I mean, you're celebrating. It is, when you're, it is when you're reading but, the end and he's like, he died. You know, he was yeah. a big alcoholic because you're like, but I mean, like in the movie, you, he, do you really need to see him like passed out drunk in the rain and yeah. vomiting all over? But it's the movie's more of a comedy. It's like, I mean, I really yeah, don't lighthearted than see, that. See, the thing is, no. I don't need to see him passed out drunk, but I want to see him where I'm like, damn, he's actually I mean, exactly. there are a couple of times where he is at the bar. I understand that you but probably won't get he's so an casual. alcoholic. Yeah. yeah so but you throw him, it, see him throwing like a handful of change and saying, like, what can I get for that? It wasn't as uh, it wasn't as like visually displayed as how would have wanted to be because like I seen this movie twice now and like I did not get that impression at all whatsoever. So like like you were saying, it was like yeah, like he was at the bar and I was like shit, I could drink that and be fine. Like I didn't, am I a fucking alcoholic? Like no, the man, had, mean, the man had three but, shots and he was like, oh mm-hmm. yeah. But the thing is, like do, do he you needed feel it to continue to go. Do you feel that like that would have compromised his character out. though? If you saw him drinking a little bit more, like that, that to me just didn't feel like that was the character we seen. And for him them to put that at the end of the film, I feel as if like that was more necessary to show like th- these years that we are displaying Ed Wood. These are the specific years we want to focus on. Kind of like what you were saying about Rocket Man. You know, we could have gone after Elton John after the success and whatnot, but we're focusing on this particular part of his life. For Ed Wood, this is the the lighter, the happiness. Like it's just we're just seeing him trying to make it happen, no matter what the cause is. After that, when he's when we see that, okay, obviously this is just too much for him. He eventually goes to alcoholism, and we understand that we we buy that. We it's not that hard to believe, but to see that incorporated in the biopic with Johnny Depp, I just feel like it just would have taken it to a different direction. Yeah. And I'm completely satisfied with the film that we got. I mean, I guess I kind of would have probably had a little more understanding of why he was the way he was if he was drinking quite often. I mean, I'm pretty happy when I'm when I'm drinking. For <laughs> me, I'm talkative. I feel like it's uh, like you omit part of the truth in the story by not like really saying he was an alcoholic until the very end. Whereas like... I'm sure his alcoholism was like a fight throughout the entire movie or like throughout the entire time. So just to see it, oh yeah, like I didn't even know. Uh, but I Dolores mean, left the, because of alcohol, well, alcoholism. They, well. They, well, there's a lot of things that Dolores that apparently Dolores didn't really have had a problem with. Well, yeah. She's been a li- she's been a lifetime non-smoker, and apparently she had a huge problem with her being portrayed as a smoker. But oh, that's a. Uh, I guess that's a whole other conversation, but um, I mean the, the the drinking aspect of it. I mean, we're, we're the movie's mainly about the making of yeah, yeah Plan Nine of Outer Space and how he created these other movies, you know, Bride of the Atom and or Bride of the Monster, Bride of which, Monster. Right. and so on and so on. And the most ridiculous, the ridic- ridiculousness of his whole career, which was you know, grabbing anyone and throwing them in, and then Bella Lugosi. Oh, yeah. I saw him getting fitted for a coffin. It's like, come on, <laughs> like. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's I mean, so that, that's, that's what I love about the movie, though. Like, yeah, I, I, I love that about the movie. The fact that this motherfucker was so sure <laughs> of these films, like he was like perfect. It, it ain't. It wasn't one time he wasn't like, okay, let's reshoot. There's no that. take like, two. He was like yeah. perfect. My man ran into the door. Oh no, it's just real. It's, it's like he's a big think, guy. Think about it, if he if he was a real person, he would probably struggle with that every day. Yeah. Go on to the next scene. It's like, but that's ah. what that's what makes him unique, though. Yeah. It's one of those. It's so bad, it's good type of way. Uh, type <laughs> I of mean, even at but, the time, they were so bad, they were bad. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah like I was yeah, but looking back, you can at least so laugh. Bad is bad. They're they're, they're just oh yeah. man. There the, was um, 
uh, even the uh, quote that me and you uh, stumbled across in the uh, film, uh, I don't know if Ed Wood really said this in real life. I wouldn't be surprised. But he, when he's talking to the, uh, the Baptists that were producing uh, Plan 9, <laughs> mm-hmm. he said, filmmaking is not about the tiny details. It's about the big picture. I was like, oh, that's yeah. probably the worst thing you, you said throughout the whole <laughs> film. Like, no. That is like the no. complete opposite. Like that's like, a com- that's like circle false on a true and false question. <laughs> So it's uh, he like, got he got the meatpacking guy who was played by Rance Howard, that was uh, Ron Howard's father, um, to get him to finance the film. Oh yeah, he's talking about Michael Bay. I know <laughs> that was Michael Bay, y'all. When he when he made the deal with him, saying, um, "I want the movie to end with the big explosion," and everyone was like, <laughs> "But it, it ends with the underwater octopus." Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Michael Bay as your producer. <laughs> And you can use my son as your star. It's like, what? Yeah, no! My, Michael Bay as well. If it was a stripper or something, it would have been even better. <laughs> Turns but, out it's a stripper slash, actually, slash pilot. Not only that, gunfighting. but the, the second other part, it, it, biopic, it was two parts that reminded me of Michael Bay. It was that part and the second part where it was uh, Ed Wood making Plan 9. And it's just this uh, close-up medium shot. And there's just an explosion. And we're just oh, looking back. Yeah, explosion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then uh, American military and yeah. then the American flag. I was like, geez. He's like, all this stock footage I have is going to be gold. It's going to be <laughs> mean everything. But yeah, that, that was Ed Wood's style. He had a bunch of, they bought all the stock footage, which is what they show in the beginning of the movie where he's, um, the guy tells him, he's like, what did Ed Wood says to the projectionist? What did you buy? He's like, oh, just stock footage stuff. You want to see this? Like, and he's like looking at it like, what is that? An octopus? Is that an explosion? Yeah. Right, I got a movie now, <laughs> and it was so funny. I could I could send a uh, what do you say? Military weapon comes and yeah, hits, hits the earth and it gets the buffaloes going crazy. We don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I'm like, that's gonna make a wonderful movie. Yeah. Now I feel like, oh, what are you gonna say, Black? I look at Edward, and I'm like, I appreciate his ability to like get everyone together and like get shit done. I appreciate his ability to be like optimistic in the worst situations. And I appreciate his ability to like truly believe in himself because I'm gonna be honest, like there's a lot of people that don't believe in themselves, but that's another uh, topic for another time. And uh, like, I appreciate all those attributes about him. And like, I understand why he was able to even like be and walk a walk in Hollywood. Right. But at the same time, (laughs) I look at him and I'm like, you have failure after failure. And he doesn't actually learn lessons. Like, he just keeps going. It's just like, hey, yeah, your play, it was horrible. I mean, nice costumes, I guess. They were realistic. But, you know, horrible. All right, cool. I'm going to go make a movie. Like, wait, what? I love that scene. He's like, he's like, wait a minute. But most of these guys' reviews, they never even mentioned the costumes. (laughs) Exactly. Like, Like, see, there you go. Apparently he based that play on his actual experience in World War II, but okay. But it's still it was a terrible play. Yeah. It was, I, what I read online was it was very well received negatively. But apparently Ed Wood was very happy with the fact that they said the outfits were real. He's like, "See, I told you." Um, but what? Bring it back to what um, <laughs> uh, Rock Nine said here. He says. Uh, why, if I had a chance, I could make an entire movie using this stock footage. The story opens up on three mysterious explosions. Nobody knows what's <laughs> causing them, but it's all upsetting. To, uh, it's upsetting all the buffalo. So the military are called in to solve the mystery. The editor says, you forgot the octopus. Ed says, no, no. I'm saving that for the big underwater climax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that scene whenever, uh, with uh, Bella Lugosi. And he's so, like, I was just about to bring it up. Like, I was like, yo. Well, you you roll around and you're fighting it. Uh, octopus don't fight men. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, um, from what you were saying, Black, it sounds like Ed Will probably was actually a good producer. Yes. To say, not a he director. He could sell the shit out of a movie. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Sell he, could, he could sell it, but he couldn't make a good one. Easily, like, a good producer because at the end of the day like despite all odds against this man like no money yeah he got the job done it wasn't the best of jobs but even still like to be able to get like fifty thousand dollars or like consistently getting 
huge funds of money and getting it distributed consistently is like amazing, especially in that time period. It's amazing the fact yeah. that he was even able to achieve that. All right. Consistently. I mean, like honestly, he probably could have made some good movies if he did more takes. I uh, I, I mean I the, think if he had good, but you gotta you gotta see what the fuck happened even a graveyard one <laughs> it knocked down the fucking tombstone <laughs> and he said that's perfect we're not even doing anything else that's good yeah, are you shitting me right now I I uh, it mean not good but it could have been it would have been passable it would have been like okay yeah more but see here's, like, here's the thing when I think about something like that it's like when you're making a bad film. It, when you're already down that level, you might as well, to me, kind of stay on that level because at least oh it's memorable. It's like one of those, it's so bad, it's good. Like you, to this day, we still know movies like The Room. Imagine if Tommy Wiseau did another take or two or if he hired a different director and he just produced mm. it. We would have forgotten all about The Room. It just would have yeah, been it a just bad got film. swept up in all those movies. But today, it's one of those, it's probably the best, it's so bad, it's good, to where they had to make a movie based off of him, such as the movie we're talking about. I strongly agree with what you said. But so, he, he didn't. he's getting nothing off of it. What are you talking about? He's known as the worst director of all time, but that's gathering he, generations of fans, such as the one across from me right now. After he died? Yeah. 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 That, same but thing with like, Picasso. He didn't get to see this. That sucks, but his legacy Not has funny, lived exactly. on. Well, and I think all that's the some... time with people. And like I said, to bring it back to Picasso, he was poor as hell. He was also a massive asshole and then made no money until after he died. I mean, you know, sucks. Same after death, but masterpieces, though. I yeah. can't. It would didn't do masterpieces. <laughs> yeah, beauty he... is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> I was about friend. to say, I think he I, you know, did let's... just opposite okay way. if like, he was alive it would uh, be a masterpiece it's like now. if he was still alive i mean i think that he probably would be very happy that people even know who he is i think he'd be best friends with michael Bay. i think <laughs> i think like imagine so i'm an artist right okay for me to be like as passionate about like whatever art i create right and then to have my peers to vote me as the worst person <laughs> and the thing I'm most passionate about in life, I would be hurt. <laughs> like, don't talk to me. I'm going to fight each and every single one of you. <laughs> I put my heart and soul into this. And you <laughs> collectively throughout time, collectively throughout time, I'm the single worst person at this. I'm going to fight you. Like, don't talk to me, bro. What are you saying right now? What are you saying? Like, I'm the worst. Like that guy's not a little bit worse than me. Like nah, you yeah, see right there. That's what made nah, Ed Wood also a memorable character. His humbleness, his drive. He's like he didn't care what the critics said. That's why there, there's a scene in the film where he goes back uh, to the studio mm -hmm. and he's talking to the guy on the phone. He's like, "So when are we gonna make another picture? Really, worst film you ever saw? Well, my <laughs> next one's gonna be better." Hang on. <laughs> So he just never see the thing about Edward is that he just never took no for an answer, and that's just something yeah, that you can definitely appreciate about this guy. That's something that you can. Edward, okay, is obviously not the most talented filmmaker. Really, obviously, what would they give you that the worst <laughs> director in history? <laughs> it take it takes us a little bit of talent to uh, piece together a bunch of stock footage, yeah, and make somewhat of a tolerable film, which. But one thing I could say about it was that you still can take inspiration from him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that's like you just can't let that go unnoticed. Just because, yes, his films are not good, but there's a reason we are talking about him today. And it wasn't because of just one film. He just continuously never stopped making films. They may have gotten worse and worse as time went on, but that's what made him... That that's what made the 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 name Ed Wood just fun. Like bring it up. That's what made Tim Burton after reading the script and Johnny Depp attached to it. Like yeah, we gotta make this. And to some people, Johnny Depp's best performance yet, if not top three. As someone that's like success driven and like I'm someone that's like really analytical and like when things go right, I like study. I know this one right because X Y Z. When things go wrong, I study why it goes wrong and like. I'm all about like prevention of like having like the worst possible outcome happen. So it's like for me, I always tell you like when like creating any type of art, it's progress, not perfection. Cause it's like, I don't care who you are, I don't care what you make. Like someone might say, uh, 
oh, this is the best Star Wars film ever, or this is the best one. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's different to every person. But, like, as long as you, as, like, a person feel like you're getting better and, like, not even to say, like, other people think you're getting better, but, like, a general cons- consensus of, okay, it's improving. Like, I think that's good. I think that's good. But I look at Ed Wood, and for the <laughs> most part, like, consistently, like, consistently, his stuff didn't Shit. actually get better. Like, well, kind of did. L- let's, let's, better let's, production. Uh, I mean... You know, he had the Sinister Urge, uh, Necromania, uh, Nympho Cycler, Sex Orgy, The Young Marrieds, Panty Girls, School Girl, Wanderlust, oh Love Mates, Wet and Wild, Girl oh, on a Bike. sound like all porn. Lusty, yeah, lusty Neighbor, Morning Walk, Too Hot to Handle, that's T-W-O, Devil Cut, Wives at Play, Prisoner Love Making. Is now, this a porn depend- <laughs> <laughs> Now, it depends on what you're looking at when you're saying quality. I mean... <laughs> It's a very Did it get better? That was just in 1973. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How many movies in one year? What? <laughs> <laughs> he turned those suckers out. But yeah, they, he did a lot of movies that are basically porn. And he became, um, as the movie suggests later on in life, he did write sex novels, which are crime noir film books that were basically people fucking and then there's crime. That There's crime. It I was guess. like he had a, a whole a whole series called The Killer and Drag, which was, was about a drag queen killer. Mm-hmm. And if you want, you can Someone's buy. I probably pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we got Medea. Oh <laughs> uh, no! <laughs> um, but if you're interested, you can buy the books off of Amazon Prime. I think you could buy literally all of them for a hundred dollars <laughs> for the whole shebang. Okay. Well, I have a question <laughs> like, with uh, the more that we're talking about Edward. Do you feel like he was ahead of his time? Like if Edward was alive today, <laughs> doing what he's doing. <laughs> I think if it weren't for Ed Wood, we wouldn't have a lot of what we do have, such as um, a lot of stock footage films, which is Roger Corman. I brought this up earlier. Uh, Roger Corman was famous for doing this. He would get stock footage or he knew people who were doing, like destroying things. Like, uh, for instance, a lot of um, movies that he does, there's an explosion in it. And it's like Death Race 2020, I believe is what it's called. I can't remember. I can't remember if that's the exact one, but it's the one that came out a few years ago where the whole place blows up. And he's like, we couldn't afford to blow it up. So we he found a school in Ireland that was being blown up. Bam. <laughs> like yeah. It's got blown up. It's like, but that's what Ed, Ed Wood did. It's like, yeah, you can make movies around that. It's like, well, you know, it's all it's entertainment, at least. I mean, we're sitting around yeah. talking about it. So the reason I say like ahead of his time is because like his ambitions, like obviously he doesn't make good films, but in today's age, to where you can literally put anything out there, and since he's very consistent with his work. Do you feel as if like somebody would have saw that and like you know we might as well his get... drive? You mean yeah, yeah. I think that like, would have been recognized eventually. I, I mean, it depends on whether or not he could get producer. out of producer, maybe director. If he would no. have, I think he would have been hired as a director. I mean, he personally. did a lot of he shot a lot of porns, but it's like uh, maybe if that got recognized eventually, he got it could have gotten picked up. But it, it all depends, really. I mean, this, I, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, thank you. In, this, <laughs> in the sense that uh, he was able to, to produce so much content, especially in the time period that he was in with mm-hmm. the equipment and technology that he's had, I will give you that. Like, I do think he was definitely, quote unquote, ahead of his time. But at the same time, <laughs> I feel like quality is a factor. Whereas, like, I look at, like, uh, people like Freddie W uh, with Rocket Jump and Corridor Digital uh, uh, YouTubers that can like produce high quality like short films and movies and uh, uh, web series like and it's you know it's movie quality and they shoot it on like such reasonable budgets and they're able to do that like so consistently um, and I mean but you look at it now like the te- technology that we have and the distribution that we have it's way more advanced and way more easier so I would say yeah he was able to put out like a lot of stuff but at the same time <laughs> it's crappy exactly like quality quality, quality versus quantity has, yeah. has to play a, a role for that legacy to be relevant I feel like um, but like yeah he was ahead of his time in being able to create content <laughs> like I, I feel like this if he was a producer if he was a producer and he like took on a bunch of scripts from people that were qualified to actually write and direct and then he had the same drive and ability to like put out as much content as he did I would say he could have gone down as one of the best producers and if somehow went to go on and make his own studio like he could go down as one of the better 
people of that and be quote unquote ahead of his time in that. Well, but like, you think he'd be like the next Jerry Brokheimer? I don't know who that is. The Jerry Brokheimer producer. Oh, oh, Bad Boys, Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean, Tom Armageddon, yeah, yeah, The Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. <laughs> <laughs> Tough crowd, Black. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You know, let's get let's get back to the Edward the movie though. I want to know y'all thoughts on that. We we've been talking about the character, not even the character, the the actual person for so long. What about the performances? What about uh, the direction in it? There's so many scenes to me that I just couldn't stop laughing at because of just you know like how you were saying earlier when uh, the wrestler was trying to get through the door. No, that's perfect. It would be just like that in real life. Or or even even how many times he was compared to Boris Karloff. I loved that, which is the first time uh, he went off on the guy that came in and said, hey, hey, can I have your autograph? You know what was my favorite movie? When your boys call off sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> just went off on it. So, God, I was thinking to like actors. Oh, my goodness. When yeah, was the like, directing but, in this was phenomenal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really did paint the world that um, Tim Burton wanted like wanted to have it was like uh, Edward Scissorhands but meets 1950s and it was just everything just about it just looked gorgeous I just loved the way it looked yeah, and I really hate the fact the the box office too like I don't know if y'all know but the budget I believe was like 18 million or something like that and yeah it got hit bad because it only grossed 5.8 million yeah. oh wow I would have never expected that <laughs> Because Ed Wood name attached to it, huh? Well, I mean, what came out in 1994? You had Pulp Fiction. Didn't Juice come out in 1994? It was 1994. Yeah. No, really? Juice? No, I'm pretty sure it came out in 94. But I don't know if Juice came out the same time as Ed Wood, even if they came out in the same year. Juice came out in 92. Oh, well, never mind then. I was two years old. Well, uh, Black, I see that you got some notes too. What else did you uh, think about the film? Because I know you're not a big fan of the film itself. Um,. As I watch the film again, I I come to this uh, I come to this conclusion that I have a hard time separating the film from Edward the character as well. Okay, because like I realize a lot of my problems stem from like and uh, Edward as a character. But like one thing, like from like for me, for me, from like a cinematic perspective that I really disliked was the fact that it seemed like there was always a problem throughout the movie and like there was like brief moments of like resolution there was but like it's just seemed like all right you start out the movie hey your movie sucked uh damn can i try and shoot this movie for you <laughs> and he's trying to get a job and it's like yeah sure fine and then it's like it's another bad movie and then it's like he's trying to get money for like another bad movie and then he needs more actors and then it's like what i what i disliked is like Edward himself, he would have a problem and then solve it with another problem. <laughs> it's like, hey, I need funding for this movie. All right, we'll give you the money, but you got to take this horrible actor as well. All right, cool. And it's like, yeah, like I mean, that's that's making movies, man. Yeah, you make that's you politics. Make, it is, yeah. it is. But like, just to like visually see that on screen, it's like problem, problem, problem. Resolute problem. It's like, all right. Well, let me ask. If they took that away from the character, though, they took that away from the movie, would the movie or Edward himself be as interesting today or no, even for no. the No, no. Because it kind of matches all. with his optimism. Like, I do like the contrast, I guess. Like, it, yeah. it makes sense. You see how, like, determined he is yeah. at the same I mean, time. I, 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 I genuinely, I enjoyed watching the movie the second time, too. I mean, it was late as fuck. But I enjoyed watching the movie again. <laughs> um... The actors were really good. Um, I don't I, think I liked Sarah Jessica. That's her name, right? Sarah, Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker. Parker. Yeah, yeah. yeah I played Dolores. I wasn't a, a huge fan of her. Oh, I mean, her character wasn't say. really that big in it, even though she would be sort of like a dominant character. But she wasn't really. She was just kind of there. And then yeah, I like I like the the other girl. I don't know her name, but I told you she played in Holes. Um, Patricia Arquette. Yeah, she played Kathy O'Hara. Mm. Yeah, I, I love I love yeah. her character in the in the movie um, because it kind of showed like she showed off rip that she was down for him like yeah as far as even jumping in front of the taxi car when they were getting yeah. chased out of the theater I love that you whenever know, Bella says rain, that yeah I think it was just everything, she like, might have just really liked her not her she must have been attracted to like his passion and his kindness right. and like that. yeah which is something I gotta applaud her for. 
Yeah, I mean, but as a whole, the movie was just... I mean, the movie's good. Like, the yeah. movie is good, bro. Like, the movie's good. It's just... You can't get down to the fact of it being Ed Wood and how he went about things and not progressing forward. And he kind of just was like, he was stuck oh, in a fuck up? Well, let me fuck another one up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like, I mean, he, that, that, that was his thing. He liked, he liked what was not popular at the time, which would have been transvestites. It would have been, you know, killers, yeah, monsters, cross-dressing. And like you said, he saw things in his own world. Yeah. So to him, the movie was fucking brilliant. It was wonderful. Yeah. To That's us, it. we look at it and we like, Man, that shit is ass. Like, it's it's like different. It could, I mean, he could have been in, interpreted another way, and been like, "Oh my god, I'm terrible. I shouldn't do that." Or it could be like, "I know what I'll do. Another one." Yeah, like, it's just it makes it it's so much more fun that way. And he made another movie and another movie and another movie. I bet he was fun to hang around. So I, I, I bet he, I mm-hmm. bet he was. He probably yeah. was fun to hang around because I would have died the fuck laughing if he would have said this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I could not be his friend. To go back uh, with you, um, with. Dolores, you feel like that was probably the most... I liked her a lot. Because I look at Ed Wood, and I feel like he was a really selfish person. Because at the end of the day, like he was like really about, I'm going to make these movies happen. And like throughout it, you kind of saw he had very little empathy to how his actions affected like the people around him. Like uh, I look at the time, uh, he gave the part away... For uh, Dolores to the, uh, what's the he had to because she was she was the one who was so somewhat funding. She exactly. said she was funding the movie, but she was waiting on the money. And, and then the, he's like, Ugh. and the problem with that was he didn't even confirm if he was really <laughs> going to get sixty thousand. So it's like, mm, was it worth that at the end of the day? No. So another time when like, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Bella gets out the uh, rehab. And he just throws him back in another movie, like yo, like. But Bella wanted to be a, thrown in there. Yeah, he wanted, but did he need to be? He could. He, he probably should. Like, and he, he wasn't. It wasn't like he was. He was done with his treatment, so he like exactly. li- lied to him so that he would feel like he's like, like we, yeah, we, but, we were kicking him out because he didn't have any more money. So he's well, like, I don't necessarily done. blame that one either, because like you know I understand that one, so I'll let that one pass. But it's like, yo, you're just gonna throw him right into another movie while this man is fighting like. Meth and uh, uh, heroin Meth. addiction. Well, I mean, I, I looked at that to where he was trying to distract him from that because it's like nah. he needs to put his mind on something else because he's he's technically not cured. He, he was, still he has that on his uh, mind and conscience, the drugs at least, quote unquote, he does. So in order to keep that away, the first thing Bella asked when he came out of rehab was, hey, I'm ready to shoot another picture. When are we going to do that? And Edward was like, soon. And on top of that, if he didn't, he wouldn't have uh, gotten that what two minutes of footage and took that acorn and turned that into plan nine of outer from outer space so that is true it's kind of like if it wasn't for that we wouldn't have the next now best i see what you're saying though black though as far as like you know he 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 showed selfish like he showed like he was real selfish in the movie at times um and i get it he's a director yes but he's a filmmaker i get it it, he's a director but he didn't want to hear shit from nobody else exactly he didn't want to even take an input oh he didn't want to hear anything they, they would be like, oh, I think we should do it. No, 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 no. Fuck you. I'm doing it this way. I don't give a damn what you think. Like, you don't think? You're a director. You don't take all possible odds. That's, you just take one and just go. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it, is, it is his vision. And he, he, was, yeah. he, he I mean, worshipped Orson Welles, who thought the same way. Yeah, that's fine. Orson Welles is one of the greatest directors of all time. Many Maybe. directors today. Also, you can call them selfish. Though, yeah. so. But that's what I'm Orson saying. Orson Welles? That's no, no, no. Oh, I was, oh, okay. I got you. But that's what I'm saying. I'm, I understand he's a director, so that makes sense. But at the same time, the whole thing with the wife thing and then, yeah. I mean, that's girlfriend, girlfriend yeah. thing. Um, there, was a, there was a scene where uh, Bella was standing in the... Uh, in the water with the octopus and he was like going on a tangent about like how sad he was in like his life and then he was like I gotta shoot 25 scenes by the, tonight and it's like yo this man is he's hurt like wait a second I'm, I'm sorry but <laughs> I'm, I'm on right. Ed Wood's side on I, I that I understand one. I understand but that was one of those moments where it's like you could have been like hey Let's you talk wanna, about this after. Talk, like, yeah, like, after. yeah, like, well, we we got we got five days to shoot, uh, you know, <laughs> shoot this movie. So we could, can we just push that to the well, side next week? How we can hilarious. talk? Here's the thing: I never really looked at Ed Wood as a selfish character. I just look at toward that just comes in with the filmmaking style. But even the scene before that, when he got out the car, Bella told him he was saying like, "I don't feel so good." Ed Wood's first response: "Nonsense! You look fine." And then he took a second. He's like, "All right, look, you know what? 
how about this? You just stay in here, catch a nap or something. We'll just shoot around you until it's time to uh, get to you. That way you can uh, relax for a second. So he's like, he still does have empathy. He still does want to cheat yeah, his cast and crew with but, kind of respect. But at the same time, he has a job. That's what I was going to say. Like, I see how he's selfish at some points, but he's also very caring because you could tell how he did with, uh, um, fuck. I'm going to keep saying Bello. I don't know why. Bella. 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 You could tell how he took care of him and cared so much about him. Like, he actually considered him as a real, really, really friend. You know what I'm saying? Like a real friend. Yeah, Um, I mean, Bella, he he worshipped Bella. Hey, I need you, Ed. I need you. He was over there. It was no questions asked. So I I did definitely. I I saw that he wasn't that selfish, but it's some things that he did was just kind of like... Like, he... I felt like he definitely complete. Not maybe not completely, but he definitely did not pay the necessary attention to uh, Dolores about her feelings about his entire situation with uh, cross dressing and then who he was around and like because I look at like Dolores' situation is like another you're just gonna, reference. <laughs> you're just gonna throw this situation on her in the middle of the movie you're shooting or trying to shoot, and then on top of that, like it's. And especially at that time, it's definitely not as progressive as we are, as we are now. Definitely like nowhere near it. Uh, he definitely could have done it better, but I just felt like that was the character of Ed Wood and how he would ex- I, like show her and reveal to her like this is how I we're doing cross dress and like that sounds like an Ed Wood type of reveal. I he get that. I mean, he made I mean, he, before he even came out as a cross dresser, he made the movie Glenn or Glenda. I mean, <laughs> but at the same time, like to take in consideration of the feelings of your significant other and like. The environment that you consistently bring her around and the people that you have around, you got her hanging around with people that want to also be uh, transgender and then like addicts and a bunch of other misfits of the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, and she even says that like whenever she goes to the to the party to raise money, exactly. and she says, "I see it's the usual drug addicts and freaks." Exactly, and, and it's like, like, and then and then she was a star of the movie. Like exactly. he threw her in the movie. Well, she she had like what supporting role as like the <laughs> secretary or something yeah, like no, that. No, no, uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Glenn, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. he actually told was, her, yeah, yeah he was about there, like, like, I was like, damn, dog, you raw, exactly. Like, like he don't cares. Like I, that's that's the job that's of it, filmmaker. That's the way. That's the thing. I feel like he definitely put like his passion and filmmaking above the feelings of other people non-stop consistently and i get it especially me being who i am being like so passionate and determined with like the things i do i am trying to achieve and like i can even literally relate to that situation right but at the same time it's like i I don't know like i I hear what you're saying i i do see where you're coming from but maybe it's also because like you um also passionate and as a filmmaker seeing edward and seeing how well, first off you can easily watch this and hopefully learn from his mistakes instead of having to experience them and be the next I time it was so i would hope that's what this is for <laughs> yeah but well the book had come out nightmare of ecstasy it came out in 1992 so it was a big hit and it brought a uh, re- revival of edward so um you know tim burton read the book and he saw edward as kind of himself and uh, his lo- um, Edward's love affair with Tele- uh, Bella Lugosi, um, Tim Burton saw this in himself with um, Vincent Price. Wait, affair? Wait, explain that. Well, I mean, inf- affair is <laughs> no, like friendship. Uh, yeah, the relationship, okay. like yeah. Uh, not like not I'm sexual, like, but uh, <laughs> wow. uh, I found nothing that supported that Edward was actually gay. So okay. he just said that he would like to wear women's clothes. But other than that, but yeah, that's what he. That's what um, Tim Burton had uh, uh, was quoted as saying that he saw Edward as himself, and then. Vincent Price, which is what he did, uh, used Vincent Price in uh, Edward Scissorhands, and he loved that so much, and he saw it himself there. So he's like, "I want to make a movie about that." You know, another thing too about Edward that um, that also caught my attention: how a lot of people could just uh, relate to him, not even if it's as a filmmaker, but just like certain aspects of life. Like at the very beginning of the film, where he's sitting with his crew. And saying you, we're all doing good, you know. Of course, when he say, "Look, they praise the costumes," that's positive, you know. And he's trying to keep his crew uplifted and whatnot. And the very next scene, he's in the bed with Dolores, and he said, "What if I'm wrong?" 
you know, Orson Welles made Citizen Kane when he was 26. I'm already 30. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I just feel like it's certain things about Ed Wood to where, again, you don't have to be a filmmaker to understand. All you need to do is understand his passion and his drive for his particular goal. Whether, and it, it all depends on your aspect and uh, your perspective. Did he, quote, unquote, fail? As, as an artist or with... In, in life, in general. I don't think so. I think he very much succeeded um, with what he wanted to do as a person. I mean, yeah. he wanted to be an artist. He wanted to be a filmmaker. He did it. I mean, a lot, of us, can, a lot of us can't really say that because you always beat somebody who said, man, I have, I've always wanted to paint something or I've always wanted to create, create a, a movie or write a novel. They never do it. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, uh, drag it on for so ever. Um, but, you know, Ed Wood was like, I want to make a movie. You got crappy stock footage. Give it to me. I'm going to make explosions. Setting the buffalo. Military are called in. Put Bam. Bella, put Bela Lugosi in a trainee movie. I don't yeah. care. Like yeah. we're just gonna. And he did it. And you know, Bela Lugosi. But you know, it's. Yeah. I commend that. I really do. Because like you said, like a lot of people are not out here living their their dream. Yeah. So. You, they they just get stuck doing what they're stuck doing for the rest of their lives. They're like dish boys or. Yep. Yeah. And that's he why was, I said he was happy. That's why I said Edward was living yeah. in today's day and age. Would he would he have been ahead of his time? Like if he had all this equipment and technology, and if he had access to all this, would he be a lot higher? Than where he uh, last left, or like, would he be in a bigger race? Absolutely, would, yeah, totally. Like he'd be right next to Jerry Bruckheimer type. Dude. I would yeah. actually say he'd be up there with like, he'd be around Tyler Perry, because mm. Tyler Perry puts out a lot of movies very fast. And, and the content. Lions Gate is like, hey, this is selling to somebody. And then so. he'll ha- he'll be having Wood Productions right next to Tyler Perry Studios. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what other uh, facts that you have over there, Chris? Um, well, I was going to say, um, one of the writers on this was uh, Scott Alexander. He did one of my personal favorite episodes of Tales from the Crypt, which was called The Trap, which was about a man who faked his own death to get the, to get the money from his insurance, only to find out when he comes back that his his brother is now sleeping with his wife and they don't know who he is or they're pretending not to know who he is. It sounds like some hood movie. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's done very funny. You should watch it. It's a good one. He's like, you don't know who I am? I'm Lou Paloma. And they're like, I'm sorry, my name is not Paloma. Who are you, sir? <laughs> and it's it's so, it's very funny. I uh, also wrote Problem Child, uh, People versus Larry Flint, Man on the Moon, 1408, Big Problem Eyes, Child. Goosebumps. Uh, and then he did American Crime Story, which I was talking about with uh, mm-hmm. Rock Nine. A little earlier ago, and Dolomite is my name. I love Dolomite is my name. And he wrote this with his partner um, Larry uh, Krasuski. They wrote they write all their movies together. If I'm not mistaken, I think they were college students too when they uh, wrote this film. And Tim Byrne was able to get the script from them. Well, the movie's based on Nightmare of Ecstasy, which was which came out two years prior, written by Ran- uh, Rudolph Gray. Okay, but I mean everybody. I mean not everybody. But I mean Ed Wood was a person before. The book had come out, but uh, the producer of this, um, one of the one of the producers was Denise uh, Denovi, which uh, she had done a lot of movies with Tim Burton. So that explains why the look of all of his movies kind of looked the same. And yeah. she took uh, a lot of the a lot of the same structure and feelings that from Batman Returns and put it into this. So that explains a lot, which I which I liked and enjoyed a lot. But um, the cinematographer was Stefan uh, Sazowski who did Child's Play 2, Batman Returns, uh, and other Steve, um, other Tim Burton-type other movies. You know, one other part I want to talk to you about, too, uh, Black, because uh, when I, wa- I walked upstairs and I saw the uh, part, and you were like, uh, I don't really like this scene. It was the scene to where after the rap party, right before Dolores uh, cursed him out or yelled at him, and he was just dancing around in the uh, <laughs> tranny suit. You're yeah. all a bunch of freaks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The reason I actually liked that scene was because I feel as if Ed Wood, after completing his second film, he felt more free. You know, he could it like expose more of himself than just his filmmaking, quote-unquote, skills. Like, he, he wasn't hiding anymore. So for him to come out and wear the uh, the women's clothes, dance around, and and when he uh, revealed his mouth to uh, see how he lost his dentures in the war, but he, everyone is now seeing it. it. Just it was just like a different type of Ed Wood that was explored. But some people, of course, is not going to look at it like that. They're going to be like, "God, this is just so weird." Yeah, you know, a lot of people would see it as him being like a freak, and then he's like, "Look at me, this is who I am." But that, that's makes exactly what the scene was. Yeah, yeah. It's Beautiful, too, and it's too bad Bunny never uh, got 
his sex change. Well, <laughs> uh, I did a little research on ben- Bunny Breckenridge, and apparently Bunny was a real person. It was a famous actor and drag queen born in Paris in 1903 to an extremely wealthy family. Ooh. And he was always and very... never wanted to give Ed Wood any money? What that's what I was thinking. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. You never wanted to... Which is very funny to me. I thought, I thought it was interesting. It's like, because I was reading about him and it said that he was always very openly gay, even obviously, like, well, now it's okay to be uh, yeah, openly yeah. gay. And in the times, he used to apparently go out to bars, get drunk, and beat the crap out of people. Oh, my. So, <laughs> just, he might have... I thought it was um, funny because it's like... There's this guy who's like dressed as a woman going to bars where in like the 40s and then going to pick up dudes so that they would know that this is a dude. They would try to fight him and he would beat the crap out of them right in public. And they would, and the police would get called and they couldn't do anything about it because he was part of the Breckenridge family. His family probably. Oh, so his family still had ties with him. Oh, yeah. Okay. They were very much so. so were they like the Gatsby's of the like, 40s? Yeah, well, Gatsby's of like the 1800s. Okay. So he, though. Um, what I thought was, uh, his, on his uh, obituary, he said, uh, I, I was a little bit wild when I was young, darling, but I lived my life grandly. And I thought that very symbolized everything about this movie. I was about to say, I wonder if I could say the same. Uh, going back to what you were saying earlier, Baruch, about how he was coming out, uh, dancing in this outfit and like his, uh. Showing his teeth or lack of teeth, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, reminds me of the quote I was telling you about earlier, where uh, the quote is, "Those who are bound by the change of society laugh at those who aren't," and uh, that basically means like you know the people that like yeah. always think like, "Hey, I gotta do what society thinks what's best for," you know what I mean, or like I gotta play by the rules that everyone thinks. I think um, Edward was definitely one of those people who's like, "I'm gonna live for me, I'm gonna die for me," and. I'm gonna do that, and like I think that is commendable. I feel like he really lived his life. You know what I'm saying? He lived his life the way he wanted to, and like you know, shout out to him. So when are we gonna go see Bride of the Monster? Never. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we I'll as watch, in you. I watch Plan Nine before I see uh, that. <laughs> Just to see Bella uh, scene get replayed so many times. <laughs> Bella was by far uh, the best thing about this movie. His acting was like. Ooh, Martin Landau actually won an Oscar for his performance, yeah. which I thought oh, yeah, was yeah. interesting because Bella Lugosi had never been nominated for any award ever. The yeah, irony. I mean, he killed like oh, yeah, kind of you, you literally was like, oh shit! It's kind of like Ed Wood the movie. Like Ed Wood was never nominated for anything great, but exactly. this movie got nominated for Oscars, and critics are just like raving. Exactly. The only thing he didn't make was money, like Ed Wood films. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like poetic, just. <laughs> That's what George Lucas would say. <laughs> but <laughs> just no, like poetry, just repeats. Actually, like I was saying, uh, we talked about earlier, and I was like, it's kind of like anything with Ed Wood name kind of had like a bad luck on it. Or anybody who had ties to him, like his uh, Doris goes off and does music and stuff for Elvis Presley. The fucking big wrestler guy, he has a fucking costume yeah, mask. Yeah. Like, it's Tour. like the most craziest shit. Like once you like stop talking to this man, it's just like hey, like, your life just yeah, takes your off. Your face is a costume mask, which is fine. I mean, yeah. shit, you're noticeable now. I, I mean, guess. you can look it up um, right now. You look up like the, I think it's the crying baby. It looks exactly like Tor. That's where they got the idea. That's actually you're saying he's crazy. like the uh, the Ray J of his time. <laughs> just make everyone better. <laughs> uh, Bella, he was trying to come up, you know, have a little spark in him, but everything he did with fucking Ed Wood, it was just like it was shit. Bella was at the tail end of his career. I mean, yes, he was, but he still was trying to like get some kind of spark. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, I want." I'm sure he'd been okay with getting another role. Feel like I'm living again. Like my wife died. I want to feel, you know, like me again. Did she leave? I can't remember. Isn't did she leave? I thought she died. I want to say she left him. I want to say you sure? Yeah, baby, you're probably right. I'm not sure. I thought she. He was like because he smelled a rose and then. Oh, the, you're talking no in the in the movie but even Plan the Nine movie, from Outer Space. I thought, I his thought wife the movie died. was still yes, the wife died, but the, I thought he was I, referring that also to the real life of what Bella oh, was going through. No, no, no. I don't know if his wife left him in real I don't know if Bella's life wife left him or not, but he um in the movie Plan Nine, his character's wife does die because that's the opening of the movies at the right. funeral. Yeah. And that's when he becomes a vampire for some reason. You know, <laughs> one scene uh, was just such a one scene know. I do want to talk about too is when uh, Ed Wood met Orson Welles at the bar, uh, which I think is probably powerful. one of the yeah best scenes, yeah. if not the best scene of the whole entire film. It talks about Charlton Heston as a Mexican. Mm-hmm. 
And first off, uh, for those that don't know, uh, Orson Welles was played by Vincent D'Onofrio, who is the bug guy from Men in Black. Um, oh, wow. He's the kingpin in from, Netflix. Uh, Full Metal. Mm, um, well, he was the quote-unquote bad guy from Jurassic World. Yeah, you said kingpin. Yeah, he's he kingpin, kingpin off Netflix. Daredevil. No, the yeah. fuck he wasn't. Yeah, yeah he, he was. was. Shut the fuck. Up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bro. Yeah, he's just—he's that good of an actor. Yeah. Uh, but, but apparently, his 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 impersonation of Orson Welles was really bad, so they had to replace him. Or the voice? The voice, because that's why it doesn't match. If you watch the movie, you can see. Oh well. Yeah, I, I actually crazy. did hear anything, uh, something about that. But um, uh, he sorry, he was dubbed over by Maurice uh, Lamarche. Oh, uh, voice, voiceover actor. But um, when we we were watching the scene, um. It was just something that he told. Ed. Did you? Uh, yeah, you put that down in the notes. It was just a quote that uh, stuck out to me and Black. Give me a second. Let me find this. Uh, let me, just, let me uh, find this. Uh. Just uh, Ed Wood's interaction. I, I I really liked the aspect of him making Plan Nine from Outer Space. The, like the whole entire third act. I think that's to me the funniest because that's also the first time we saw Ed Wood break down, like cursing them all out. Granted, again, he that was the worst quote he could ever give. It's not about the time details, it's about the big picture. I was like, no, that's why your movies are the way they are. But uh, again, his breakdown, and then he went to drag, uh, wearing the drag queen stuff. Then he goes and see Orson Welles. And what's the uh, quote that Orson gives him? The quote is, and I quote, visions are worth fighting for. Why spend your life making someone else's dreams? And I literally live by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty good quote. Yeah, it's a good quote. I mean, the the that part in the movie was very powerful. I mean, even watching it, if you knew nothing about Ed Wood and you just watched the movie, you would think right there that scene, he was about to blow up. He was like, "This is yeah. the moment. This yeah. is it." Yeah, it got us hype. Character you know has finally broken. So yeah, even all yeah. the way to the premiere of the movie, you like, oh, that was a good movie. Then it had to be good. They didn't come out rioting or nothing. Yeah, you know what's funny. Even if you never looked up, got married. If you never looked up Plan Nine from Outer Space, you would think by watching the end of this film that it's actually a pretty good film. Chris, what other facts you got? Um, Well, uh, I I I I think it's (laughs) worth noting about uh, Dolores Fuller, where she was uh, portrayed as uh, Ed Wood's first wife or girlfriend, I should say. Um, She died in 2011, uh, and it says in the movie that she started um, writing songs for Elvis Presley. Uh, she had actually been friends with Hal Willis, who produced a ton of Elvis movies back in the um, 60s. And she wanted originally to act in the movie Blue Hawaii. I think that was 1960 or 1961. But Willis found out that she was a writer and asked her to write some songs. So she did, and he really liked those. So he said, I like your writing over your acting. So how about you start um, writing some um, songs? So she... Uh, wrote out Rockahula Baby and uh, I Got Lucky. Spin out in 1961 through 1971. Uh, she wrote a ton of different songs for um, Elvis Presley and Nat King Cole. Hmm. That's impressive for Nat King. Well, that was more, I mean, towards, more towards the end of Nat King Cole's career. Well, oh, okay. 61, I mean. Okay. You know, if we were to uh, give this rating, uh, you know, I know you already got the ratings over there, Chris, uh, for Ed Wood. Go ahead, do that. Yeah. I, I am BD and <laughs> Um, well, just just a few more uh, little things to throw out. Uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, just the uh, the amazing Criswell. I don't know if anyone noticed this, but uh, the amazing Criswell that was played by Jeffrey Jones, he was an actual real person. Uh, he was in the 1950s, and he was known for his wild, wildly wrong predictions. And that's the word uh, Johnny Carson actually got his idea for his character that he did on his show, where he would predict the future, and it was always wrong. Well, not always, but you know, you can, no one can predict the future. Um, but he originally started out by doing acting like he was predicting things for his family's company. They sold food, so he would he would go on TV and they would shoot commercials where he would predict how good the food or how good you would like the food. So then they like um, this. This was a, a bit that he did and turned out to work work for him. This movie uh, cost more uh, than all of Ed Wood movies cost to produce. Like this movie cost more than all of his movies combined. Interesting. <laughs> And it's uh, rumored that the beginning sequence of this movie uh, cost more than um, it cost about as much as Ed Wood's movies, so like a hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see that. Somewhere and Johnny Depp is an expensive actor, so uh, at the time he wasn't so, really. I mean, he, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the time we're talking about the early. This yeah, is yeah. pre um, Pirates. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is like what's well, eating Gilbert Grape and Edward Scissorhands type of Johnny yeah. Depp. This yeah. is not really. I, I mean, I love it. Yeah, but it wasn't like a big name at the time. I mean, the movie came out, he wasn't who he was, and he didn't really blow up until um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's 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 about all I had going on. Oh no, that's what I was about to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Um, the Plan Nine. So Plan Nine was his most expensive. I don't know if it was his most expensive, but that's what he's mostly known for. Uh, that was his biggest movie because it was the biggest flop of all of them. And that's the one that everyone makes fun of. Uh, Tor Johnson got all the got all the dialogue in that movie, and it's always it's been asked why he talks so much in the film, and it's because Vampire didn't want to say anything because she hated um, being in the film because her career kind of tanked. Tank, tank, yeah. And then Bella Lugosi was dead, so who else is going to talk? Tor. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Vampire. I mean, she was. She. I don't know if she's accurately portrayed in this movie, but. She uh, went on to marry Tim Burton too, right? The, the lady who per- portrayed her? Yeah. I think so. I think you're right about that. Yeah. It, it didn't last long because obviously Helen and Bottom Carter came in of after. So. But yeah, I think he met his uh, somewhat wife for a couple years from this. She liked, the, she liked the lady who played in the Alice family. Uh, Lisa Marie. Yeah. Uh, she still looks great. That's what she Ooh. looks like now. She's still pretty good looking for 50. Oh, 50? Okay. That's not yeah. her at 50, is it? That's not yeah. her at 50, bro. Yeah. That's her at 50. Damn. It's possible for people to stay in shape and hydrate regularly. Hey, she don't look like she's fifty though. All right, well, you know, it happens. Um, but yeah, she, she, she uh, she's doing she's doing uh, fairly well for herself. She's still doing good, still acting and whatnot. Um, Vampire, you know, she did she did a movie. She hosted horror films in the fifties. She did a lot of B films. I don't. I've seen a few clips of her. She didn't really act like how she did in the in the movie where it was like here's a bunch of guys that I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, she would she did more kind of like an Elvira type of thing, but it wasn't like goofy. And of right. course, Elvira ripped off Vampire. Vampire then sued her, and she didn't really uh, win, so she just kind of went away. But she died, I think, a couple years ago. Uh, the movie gets uh, an IMDb rating of seven point eight. Metascore is seventy. Rotten Tomatoes ninety two percent, and with the audience, we have it at eighty eight percent. And what about you? What would you give your own score out of ten? Ten stars, hands down. It's wow. it's. I think it's. I, I don't even, think there's anything wrong with this movie. <laughs> I can't even be mad at him for that. To <laughs> be honest, it's it's very it's enjoyable. Um, it's fun. It's inspirational. It's inspirational. You can laugh at everything that happens in it. We all have. We can all. We're all Ed Wood. At one we can point. all relate to it. We I can guess, all relate. We all. Sense. We all have some yeah. people that say what you're doing sucks, and you're like, no, I love this. I'm going to continue my path. I kind of take their word and kind of look and see if it actually sucks. But. Yeah. Well, but yeah, How you. would you? How would you know unless you? You know. Yeah. The audience. People. You, yeah. What I mean. Friends. You know, it's something good. I mean, not for the most part as well. That says everything. Come on, that's that, a that's a that's wonderful a great, picture. Though. That is a, that is a picture. Of and it goes that's a photographer. Yeah, that's a wonderful picture. Perfect. Though. Yeah, they don't speak cool. of his films at all. <laughs> they don't. I mean, he was happy. He was content. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of scary too, but whatever. All right. What about you, uh, Black <laughs> over there? What would you give your rating out of ten? I would give this movie like a. A five out of ten. <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> get the fuck out of here! <laughs> come on, look, bro. This it, this movie wasn't for me. Uh, it wasn't for me one bit. Uh, it, this is not my thing, man. Like watching a a guy like suck his entire life, like <laughs> do what he loves best. Now I commend it. I appreciate. It. I really do. But that's like, a five, though. I'm gonna be that's, honest. That's I would have never watched this movie had you not made me watch it the first time. You know how wow. many I people I've heard it that from. Time. I mean, I would have never watched it if it wasn't for you. I saw this on my own, like of in, course in the '90s. I remember the '90s. Oh my god! In the '90s, I remember seeing. I remember seeing commercials for this when it came out. Oh man! You you name movies all the time that I've never heard of that was made in the '50s. Speaking of the editor on this movie, <laughs> <the> editor. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Le, uh, Lebe, Lebenzen, uh, he did Wolfen, Weird Science. Uh, does anybody has anybody seen Wolfen? It's a 1980s. Yeah, no. I know that you've seen it, Black. It's okay. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, Weird Science. That I love that movie. Uh, Top Gun, which is where he got an Oscar nomination for. Mm-hmm. Midnight Run, 
Days of Thunder. Then he started working with Tim Burton on Batman Returns, and he did all of his movies after that. And he's currently working on Top Gun Maverick. Ooh. What I think is interesting is he's an editor who clearly knows what he's doing, and he's editing a movie about a guy who has no idea what he's doing. That is kind of ironic. I think that's got to be fun. I mean, him sitting there saying like, I mean, he's got to sit there and edit this together and be like, oh my God, what would his, what would his mind look like at this point? And piecing it all together. I just think that's brilliant. All right, what about you right now? What would your rating be? Um, I give it a nine. I'll take that. I'll take that's that. A good one. I give it a nine. I, you, you're crazy. The movie yeah, as a whole, I, the movie as a whole is really good movie. It's a really good movie, bro. I've seen it twice. And I seen it one time because of him, and twice, and I laughed, and I was like, "Okay." It was. Then comedic. I seen it again because of him. <laughs> I, I mean, it's hands down one of Johnny Depp's best fucking roles that he played as far as like acting. No, definitely. He he got in that role. He did, but like for me, I. How do you not like this movie? I'd like to know what's, what's, what's the like problem it? with not liking it's just the it. Pacing, I mean, what, what, the what's wrong with the pacing? It's like it's I, cut like a fantasy comedy, like in his mind. You're watching his mind. It's I, amazing. I did enjoy like the uh, cuts of like he'll get a phone call and then just something just happens. I, I enjoyed that aspect. I liked a lot of the cinematic things, but in terms of enjoyability, you didn't enjoy this. Hey, no, he he just didn't I, enjoy the I, film. I, I, yeah, wow. it's not for me. It's not for me. Okay. Now, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Now, that's a quality movie. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I'm joking. This Rocky, is the one. Rocky Man. This is the one <laughs> I'll be remembering remember for. Yeah. I didn't even finish Rocky Man. And it's true. Not even because I don't want to finish it. Just happened to happen. Okay. Well, I am gonna uh, say for my rating. Um, I agree with Chris. Uh, ten out of ten. Blind. Five. No, uh, Chris Kelly uh, across from me. Uh, ten out of ten divided by two. <laughs> no, honestly, this movie is amazing. Like, I saw this. I, I actually rented this from Netflix back when Netflix was only doing DVDs. And after I watched it, I said, I got to buy this. I couldn't find it anywhere. I had to buy it on Amazon Blu ray. If they release this in 4K, definitely understand that I will buy that then. This movie just says a lot. Obviously, again, you can take from it, uh, learn from it, um, be inspired by it. You can laugh at it. You know, you could show it to filmmaker friends of yours or just anybody that wants to be inspired or anybody that's a Johnny Depp film. Like, this honestly was uh, an amazing picture to me. So, yeah, I'm with Chris on this. It's a 10 out of 10. But, guys, I want to thank you all for joining me on talking about Ed Wood, the film, and apparently about him as a person, too. If you don't mind, we're going to go around and tell everybody where we can find you, starting with Black. Wait, hold on a second. I just wanted oh, to I have knew one. I, I, knew, to... I knew he was. I was looking at that time. I was like, hurry up, hurry up, Black. <laughs> but no, go I, ahead, Chris. I just wanted to say one really good quote from... Oh, there's several really awesome quotes from this movie, but one that was really as funny I, um, is uh, when Ed Wood is talking with Dolores, and he says, I just met Bella Lugosi. She says, I thought he was dead. He goes, no, he's very much alive. Well, sort of. And there was quite a few times everyone would come back to that. So that's why, I, I, again, I love the way he brings back uh, certain dialogues or aspects about the film, such as the comparison to Boris Karloff Actually, all the time. You, I'm sorry, but now that you mentioned that, um, did y'all notice in the movie, um, like you said with that quote right there, Bella Laveau, and he was like, yo, everybody, he's dead. Oh, no, he's very much alive. He's alive. Then when it comes down when he's dead, he's like, I can get Bella in a movie. And they were like, he's dead. And he was like, Oh shit! You're quite right. Like yeah, you know, he, like he it, is it dead. Just, yeah, he oh, is dead. Yeah. Like he just kind of like does it, that shit kind of hit a little bit to me. Like I, I kind of felt that. Like I was like, this man really still think like you know he still got his friend there, and he's just like he's gone. But anyway, <clears throat> so yeah. all right, I'm gonna go back to you, Black. Oh, <laughs> where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram, on Twitter at uh, Cousin Black C U Z underscore. I am B L V C K. I spelled black with a V instead of an A because I'm different. Don't judge me. <laughs> like Ed Wood. Just like Ed Wood. <laughs> and here you are judging a man and asking people not to judge why black I am. <laughs> I'm not a perfect man. <laughs> well, I'll be damned. Neither was Ed Wood. Now that you bring it up. <laughs> I got another fact over here. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely wasn't perfect like any of his movies. I'll tell you that. 
All right. What about you, Chris? Where can uh, we find you? You can find me on uh, Instagram at CLK264. Um, feel free to shoot me a message. I, I love talking movies. I also uh, guest host on another podcast called Movies, Film, Movies, Films, and Flicks. That's spelled with an X. And uh, it's on Spotify, iTunes, um, Spreaker, and various different um, podcasting uh, forums. If you are interested in watching Ed Wood, I haven't found it streaming anywhere, but it is definitely to rent at uh, Videodrome in Atlanta. If you're if you're uh, Georgia in Georgia or you live in Atlanta, you can go go there to rent it for five dollars for a week. Or buy it from Amazon. Trust me, it's worth putting in your collection. It, yeah, it's what? definitely. I, I have it. So I own the movie. So yeah, it's it's definitely worth keeping. You didn't even know there's a rental video or DVD store in Atlanta. I did. I did. Is it? Oh. Are you talking about? I feel like there's one off a of low five points. Yeah, that's it's it. not the, yeah. that's video drama. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I was gonna ask, what's the difference between movies, films, and flicks? Uh, well, movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, mo- movies is like a movie that I you would watch would be. Uh, well, yeah. you know what? We'll just take a look at Baruch's movies. I I, I could tell you the difference. A uh, movie that King you Kong. would watch would be a movie would be Birdman. That would definitely be a movie. Uh, film. Oh, um, and that's the yeah. A whiplash would be I would call that a film, movie as well. Uh, a film would be something more like Black to uh, Black uh, Back to the Future. That'd be more of a film. And flicks would be something like Wolverine or Tron or Bad Boys or Bad Boys or flicks. So like actual flicks, kind of. Relating to like the uh, the depth of story, yeah. I mean, a flick is something more fun that you would watch, not something that you would put in for seriousness. Uh, uh, okay, and a film is cherishable. So, what would you Classic. call Ed Wood then, Chris? I would call Ed Wood a more film. of a movie. I'd call it the trash. <laughs> yeah, I noticed the top of your notes says well, trash ass movie. <laughs> I think, well, that's that's a great way. Uh, well, well, we know we're, we know what we're rolling into here. Wow, you literally, literally the top of uh, Black's notes. It says trash ass movie. I hope we got through all your notes. He should have put trash. What about you, Rock? Now where can we find you? You all could find me on Instagram at I am underscore Rock. IX. Uh, also, I stream on Twitch. You could find me on there at rockix underscore. All follow right. and subscribe. Awesome. Yeah, definitely follow him on Twitch, guys. I know. I know he wants that. Definitely. I'll send a hundred. All right, uh, and guys, you can find me on Instagram at I'm the filmmaker. Uh, guys, I want to know what you thought about Ed Wood. For those out there who's actually seen or even heard of the film, or even Ed Wood in general. Um, what do you think about the movie? What do you think about Johnny Depp's performance? You know, do you feel as if he should have been nominated for an Oscar like um, uh, Marlon Lando was? Whatever it is, let us know in the comment section, guys. And guys, thank you again for tuning in to Movies on Our Minds, and we will see you next time. Cut. That was perfect.